Doug and Marty vs. the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and EasyTVSpots.com. Round one, go. I actually, actually saw something that I couldn't believe I was actually seeing, but I did see it, brother. Now I'm really intrigued. Tell me, tell me, tell me what. I saw, I just got back from Washington, D.C., as you know. Uh Uh-huh. And I saw motorcycles, police motorcycles that had this written on them. We're here to help. Ronald Reagan said, what are the scariest words in the English language? We're from the government. And, and we're, we're here, here to, to help. help. <laughs> I could I had to take pictures of that. This is Doug Bassler. And this is Marty McClendon. Welcome to another program of Doug and Marty versus the world, taking on literally the entire world with your help. <laughs> it's <laughs> out there. It's, it's World War II because there's only two of us. No, wait, That's they right. already had that. Two and a half, two point five. Two point five with world Doug War and Marty. Two point five. Cause uh, you know, uh, it I seems saw like the, the whole the, world's blowing yeah. up right now, brother. Is that yes. is that true, or is that just another, another no, blip, blip on the, the radar? I've become quite the cynic, as you know, and many of our listeners know as well. I'm I'm normally an internal optimist. I I, I trust God. God, God's word says that, hey, he works all things for our good and his glory. You know, he orders our steps, all these things, right? So God's not surprised. Uh, and yet I've become cynical of people, and I'm trying not to be that way, trying to, Lord, help me. But when you see this buildup for four years with President Trump about uh, Ukraine and Zelensky and all the Biden laptop and Hunter and and the, the backroom deals between Biden and his son and everybody else with Ukraine and China, and then you see this president come in with his administration literally shut it down to Dakota Pipeline, the Keystone Pipeline, approve Russia's pipeline, and then these relationships, and all of a sudden, now in the course of the debacle in Afghanistan, then you have a China and a Russia who's flexing their muscles. You know, they smell weak, they smell blood, they smell weakness in the water, right? And so this right here, at some point you're like, okay, why is so much attention being placed over here at one point in time? Like, what are we distracting from the failure in economy, the rising inflation, the open porous border? At the very same time, it's tragic. The Ukrainian, we have lots of Ukrainian friends that know what it's like to live under the Russian rule, the communist rule, communist Russia. Uh, they, then many of them in America uh, are close friends of ours that are passionate about the freedom we have here. So we absolutely pray for Ukraine. We absolutely pray for their freedom and so forth, but there's such a mixed message going on. It's like, look over here. We need to do sanctions. We're not going to do anything. We're going to send troops over to, to Europe to support our, our UN allies just in case Putin expands his reach into Poland and whatever. It's very, I think the American people, some, as you and I talked about off the air, are going, whoa, is this World War Three? There's war in Europe. They're drumming this up, right? Or is this something much more politically motivated um, with a weak president, right? And and advantageous dictators or uh, leaders, Putin and Xi, Z or whatever, over in China, taking advantage of that. I don't know. So obviously pray, brother, but I'm still, I'm much more like, what's really going on here? Why is this happening, right, at the same time? Well, you know, 
if we're going to fight a war against those who are waging war on democracy, who are threatening democracy, then why, brother, I know this is an old message of mine from a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, but why haven't we invaded Canada? <laughs> you know what's funny is someone else on nas- on a national, it was on Newsmax or Fox, I'm just, I don't know where, but one of the, I think it was Tyrus on a gut fill. I'll just say this, but he mentioned, we should go invade Canada and take the, you know, whatever. I'm like, Hey, Doug said that three years ago. <laughs> we got to get, you know, we need to depose the regime that's destroying democracy in Canada. There we and go. And then, you know, and then what we need to do, brother, we, we could, we could probably take care of that in about a week. Right. Yes. Cause it took two yep. weeks to be a, 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 Iraq, but that was, you know, a long ways away. It's like 6,000 miles away. This is closer. Mm -hmm. It's like next door. And then, um, so we take Canada out and then we immediately shift all of our forces and we take about mm, 800 miles of Mexico. And then we (laughs) build a big, beautiful wall, put some turrets up. There we go. We secure democracy here at home. Clearly um, tongue in cheek, but to your point, brother, the fact that we could drive our own equipment from here, we don't have, we don't have the air left anywhere. We could actually drive into our, our neighboring countries. But the serious part of what you're saying, though, is why are we so concerned about the sovereignty of the border over in Europe, and we're not concerned about our own sovereignty of our own borders here? And, of course, the why is we know why. But people that have a question in mind, go, they should be asking that question. Wait, why is our border open? leaving us less safe with drug trafficking, sex trafficking, you know, and it's somehow well, racist it, to say we should not uh, defend yeah. our border. And I right? think most Americans now are, are becoming alarmed. You know, we had 150,000 uh, undocumented, verified undocumented people, illegal immigrants come across the border in January alone, 150,000. How many people were in your little town there in, in Grand Coulee, bro? Uh, a thousand. So that's 150 okay, so times. 150 a yeah. towns in Washington. <laughs> you know, so this is a, the, yeah, this is a, an un- in one untenable. Month. This is an untenable yes. situation. Okay. So now, I'm gonna- I think, though, the thing that, that, that I'm hopeful about is now that the Republicans have finally released their greatest campaigner, I think we're going to see a huge red wave with the introduction of Joe Biden uh, fighting on the Republican side. (laughs) (laughs) Everything he does is like, please take over the country again. These we're idiots. Obama was the number one NRA said Obama was the number one gun salesman in the world, right? Because he was so anti-gun people bought guns, gun sales went up Biden. No kidding. Um, the uh, the radical left, and I will say that they always call us a radical right or extreme right or whatever, which is dumb. But the point is, is, is the radical left, the leftists that want to go anti-constitution, communist, socialist, whatever it may be, the New Green Deal groups, the AOCs, the squad, that's what Biden's adopted, the, the Bernie Sanders economy. You can see we've had a, a trial period of it, and it really stinks for all of us. That's what we're seeing. But that... We'll give you go, okay, we don't want that. Democrats are saying we don't want that. And so to your point, it's it's an opportunity for Republicans to say, look, common sense, leadership, less government, uh, lower gas prices, you know, more safety, public safety. I mentioned the other day, someone was talking about the issues where I live in Fox Island. I go, look, it's simple. It's education right now across the nation, parents' rights, 
because education we've been has been exposed that it's been indoctrination it's been used by the left to to control the narrative and, and groom our kids or sexualization or, or uh, social I mean, socialism and so forth number two public safety when we can't go out in our own streets when we're worried about where our kids are playing we have needles in in, in the parks when there's a record number of um, car thefts in Puyallup, when there's um, a record number of murders, rapes, and abuse around the nation with, with not enough police force to take care of, huge. And then, of course, inflation is hurting everybody. And that comes down to bad policies. You can't spend money you don't have at record levels, you know, the, the kickback at the national level. Printing money, we've got inflation. We knew it was coming. We talked about it. So those three issues are people are looking for common sense leadership. And if Republicans can actually say that and then keep their word, we'll be in power a long time, brother, uh, in service, if you will. So um, what's your old saying? Snapping the thing, victory out of the jaws of defeat or vice versa, something like that? Yeah, well, we got to be careful about snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory. Yes. Um, they're, they're excellent at messaging, but I don't, I don't think they can run from this, Marty. You know, yeah. when I go to the gas pump with my 33-gallon tank in my Ram Hemi Dodge mm-hmm. truck, right? It's like you can't run away from that. You know, I used to fill that thing up for like 60 bucks. <laughs> you know, last- now it's now it's a half a tank is like 75. Yeah, I have a 25 gallon tank and I will say this. Um two last week it was it was 85 bucks. And just today it was 75 bucks, a little bit cheaper. I went to a different place. But the point is I use unleaded regular my truck. My wife yeah. has to use unleaded premium on it. So it's even higher. So that's just, and she's got a smaller tank, which is good, but it is scary. Um, but this is what I'm saying. We're, we know um, Dave McMullen posted, our good friend Dave McMullen, chair of the Pierce County Party, posted a meme the other day. He probably shared it, probably got it from somebody else, but it says the elections are coming. The elections are coming. We're going to see a lot of things from the left trying to steer the narrative. Like you said, they can't run from it, but they're trying really hard. Jen Psaki, the press secretary for Biden, came out just on Thursday and said, well, actually, all these lockdowns and stuff, this, this bad economy stems from the Trump administration. So no, 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 it didn't. It's clearly in Biden's household, the, the vaccine mandates, uh, the, the passports, the, the mass and the, the extended powers all under Biden. Uh, you know, I, by that. It, it did mm-hmm. start in the Trump administration. I mean, you gotta be, we've got to be, mm-hmm. let's, let's not, you know, lockdowns happened when Trump was president. All right. He got, I think he got fooled into it. I, I still remember I mean, let me certain this. things, let me certain things this. that I remember though. No, he, hold on, hold on. I'm not denying it started there. Also, the vaccine started there through the production of it. But when Jen Psaki says most of the lockdowns actually happened under the previous president, that is not true. That's, a, that's an unfactual statement. Well, you could say some mandates. was, yeah. but when you say most happened under the previous fan, it is not true. And that's why I'm trying to make Well, we got it. And, and, you know, and I think that Trump was, was hornswoggled. You know, I think mm-hmm. that they hornswoggled him into thinking it was Operation Warp Speed, but they had this thing on deck. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's kind of coming out. It's coming. They had the vaccine, the mRNA technology and all this stuff. They had it ready to go. So on, uh, and, and I think uh, that, that, you know, he was saying, cause I remember about summertime, if you remember summertime of 2020, it was like, Oh, it's about to get really bad. This isn't going to spike. We're going to, mm-hmm. it never happened. It never spiked. It stayed pretty even. I mean, the spikes that they had were minor little spikes here and there. Right. It wasn't like this big, 10 million people died and right. that's what it looked like he was preparing for that like oh 
a whole bunch of people are going to die. And then didn't happen. And whole so stadiums they, were set aside. Um, yeah. Medivac, ships, you know, what do you call it, hospital yeah. ships and all yep. this stuff. Ventilators so, um, world. Yep. So, I mean, I, I still, you know, we have to, you know, take it. We, we have to own up to the fact that our guy made some mistakes and even red states did temporarily you know, close stuff and locked down, you know, now the reds, uh, you know, Florida came back quicker than anybody else, Texas. Mm-hmm. I think South like Dakota that. never shut down, by the way, South right? Dakota never did a max um, mandate, never did a vaccine mandate, never closed. They're a small state. I get it. Florida and Texas were, were one of the first states to re- reverse order, like you said. Um, so there's definitely things where they had to learn, but how severe will this be? Let's react to it and then go, okay, now let's, let's was, actually yeah, based unch- on- it was uncharted yeah. territory. So uh, the the bottom line is though, and I think this is where you're absolutely correct, that once you know the Jay Inslees of the world got a taste of it, they did not want to let go of it. And this is what we're seeing in Canada. You know, mm-hmm. I went down to the Art Pulowski protest outside of the Canadian consulate in Seattle uh, last week before I left, mm-hmm. and um, you know it wasn't the the protest that got me the Canadian consulate is right across the street from Westgate mall. You remember Westgate mall? It's where mm-hmm. the monorail goes, yep. right? Yeah. Beautiful mall, right? Fourth Avenue is tent city, dude. It's oh, wow. tent city. I couldn't believe it. Broken windows, boarded up windows, tent city and um, a graffiti and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, this is Westgate. I used to bring my children down here when they were little, and we would ride that monorail over to the Space Needle, and we'd go get candy and ice cream at Westgate Mall there. And it was West, a beautiful- Westlake, yeah. Westlake, yeah. whatever. Yep. Yep. And it's right there at that, you know, and it's just like right yeah. there in the heart of Seattle. We used this to have the North Shore Republican, HQ. Right. Yeah. This is what your Republican um, uh, people are against. They don't want, they want our cities to be shining cities on a hill, not deteriorating cities in a gutter. Right. And, and the question, and, yes. So the question you saying, and I have asked all the time. They can't though, run from that. They can't no. run from that. And and we, I think even Pramila J. Paul's in trouble. I think that that all Democrats are in trouble. Every, I believe every congressional race is in play. I think every House seat, every Senate seat is in play. If we will get up and fight, if we will get up and do something. We could win Washington State and we could turn Washington State. And I believe, honestly, Marty, that I believe that God wants Washington State. I believe he's, he, I felt that very distinctly uh, a couple of weeks ago that he wants Seattle and he wants Washington State. And I'm like, really, Lord, you know, Seattle, I'm like trying to explain it to God. You know, Seattle's kind of like Sodom, right? And, and you know, and the, Lord, and, yeah. and the Lord's telling me like he, he likes to do it where it's hard. That's right. So he God gets glory, likes to do right? things because if right. we, if yeah, let's go save, you know, let's go save Spokane. Well, it's easier, right? Let's go save, you know, uh, Coeur d'Alene. That's an easy job, right? We could hand out tracks or whatever, but I'm just saying, um, I think that, I think we're going to see something in Washington state. And so I want to encourage our listeners to don't, uh, you know, well, you know what we do, brother, we observe and report, observe mm-hmm. and report. And I think it's time for us to start speaking faith. You know, yeah. my kids were doing some little bit of this and that, and, you know, speaking some philosophies and things that we did not teach them, right? Mm-hmm. In their college kids, whatever. And, 
I kept telling my wife, I'm like, you know what? The Bible says raise up a kid in the way they should go. And when they're old, they don't depart from it. I go, we raised them right. We aren't perfect. Nobody is. We raised them right. And all of a sudden, I started to see them turn. We've got to start talking about the things we want, not observing and reporting the bad stuff, right? And that's that's the complaining in the de- desert, right, with the, the Israelites. Uh, yep. Um, I will say this. That it kind of uh, segues to something I was going to say about the homeless down, not the homeless, but the tent cities, downtown yeah, Seattle. You, you and I saw this years ago when we had our radio show in Seattle at Salem Radio. Uh, we'd see the the sort of the growing problem. It got worse and worse. Of course, the policies in place by the Seattle, Seattle City Council, the fact that they spent $32 million to start off this whole homeless industrial complex where the problem got 50% worse in the first year because people from around the world, around the nation are drawn to Seattle because of the lax drug policies. The They won't prosecute them. And of course, you're made to feel guilty if you want to actually give them help. This is not compassionate. So, you're a video guy, you're a, uh, um, a marketer and so forth. I was going to say, I think that every person in, in the, the state of Washington should take a trip down 4th Avenue just to see with their own eyes uh, how bad it's gotten and then tie the to bad policies of people that need to be replaced. This is not compassion. This is actually, in, you know, they're in, in, in slavery, if you will, uh, into that they're in this condition where they're, uh, enable. We're enabling them to uh, have their life be destroyed. We don't want that. Um, but the option of that would be to have someone like you to video it and make it available just to show people that how real it is, how visceral it is, and what kind of squalor people are living in. And in some cases, by choice, but other cases, this is what we're trying to reward. That's why you have a town, a downtown Seattle, which used to be beautiful, brother. It is now a dangerous it's why place I wanted to, go. to move here. I, re, you know, back in the 80s, mm-hmm. I came to Seattle and I was like, I love Seattle. This is so beautiful. What an amazing. And I wanted to live here. And yeah. then when I had the opportunity to move here 20 years ago, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And now, and in 20 years ago, it was mm-hmm. great. Right. Like I said, took the kids to the mall down there and rode the monorail and the waterfront and all that stuff, rode the ferries. Now, now the ferries are messed up. And the, the, you know, it's just, it's, it's really, um, it's not good. And, and we need to do something about it. And we need to, we need to hold out the image that, that God would have for our cities. Mm-hmm. What is the image? You know, I did an, I did a commercial on a uh, Facebook, a commercial. And I said, we don't help the homeless people by giving them crack pipes and right. drugs and needles and I told you this a, a couple of weeks ago that Thomas was coming to street church all the time down there in, in uh, Olympia. And they found Thomas dead on the sidewalk with a government needle in his arm, brother. That didn't, that didn't help him. It killed him. And, the, and these, these, these needle programs, mm-hmm. are they're, at, they're murdering our young people. These guys are not, you know, a lot of these homeless people, dude, uh, yeah. we, we're, we're, they could be our kids. A couple of years ago, they in Seattle, they tried to push the whole safe injection site. And you and I have been talked about it for a couple of years. Uh, initiative came to fight it, and they were not put in place. They still have the needle exchange, whatever, because they were modeling after the program in Vancouver, Canada, um, which would, has saw a 900% increase in deaths, overdoses, 
after inst in instituting these safe injection sites. They, they went to the point where, well, now it must be the needles. Oh, it must be the, the uh, heroin. So we're going to actually give them better heroin from the government. The government became the dealers, if you will, uh, and that's what they wanted to model the program after. It's still you just know that, as bad. But that medical heroin is what killed Michael Jackson's, what killed Tom Petty. And, I, yep. you know, like I think those doctors need to go to jail. They yeah. murdered, murdered those guys. I and agree. So on that note, brother, I'm, you were gone last week. We were gone. We had a repeat last week because uh, you're traveling, which is fantastic. Um, did you see Project Veritas's latest expose, the video of FEA? And so they had a senior exec from the Federal Drug Administration, the government, right? The one that approved Pfizer's vaccine and so forth, right? The ones that approved food, um, the one that's missed it before. And he, on record on the video, was talking about the fact that uh, these major companies, um, pharmaceutical companies, um, food companies, whatever, major corporations pay millions of dollars every year to the FDA to hire the person they handpicked to do their testing. So it's it's how the FDA makes money is they get bribed, basically. They're getting paid by these major corporations to hire the person that the corporation put up to review and approve their product. So this FDA approval of the COVID vaccine, but how they do it is they pay the FDA. They say, here, use this person, whether they're employee or not, and have them do the research and give the approval. That's why we have expedited approval. This is uh, that people need to know this. Project Veritas That's, is doing a great job. Yeah, but thank it, God for James O'Keefe. Right, but think about that. You know, we know it's we know there's there's kickbacks. We know that the corporations pay lobbyists and stuff. But to to directly say they're paying a federal agency uh, to basically get the results they want. So how safe are they? You know, it doesn't matter what it is. It's like food, whatever. And it's they play the game. So we've got it uh, again. I, I, you know, I want to come back to the Bible. Yeah. It says, you know, if I eat anything deadly, it won't by any means hurt me. But mm -hmm. Jesus said that all, everything was made clean by prayer. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, don't be embarrassed, pray over your food, yep. which I do. And you do <laughs> pray as well, over your vaccines. I'm going to add more to that brother. Uh, it, it goes back to the elections, be encouraged, be bold, speaking, as Doug said, not being fearful, but this, you know, by electing people like Doug and others to Congress uh, with the commitment to say, this is going to be cleaned up. We're going to investigate and clean up so that this, you can't pay to play. You can't pay, to, you have in a third party independent evaluation or product that is given to the public, right? You know, it's, it's, that's, it's when the righteous rule, people rejoice. When the wicked rule, people groan. And so we can be positive and speak life and so forth, but we want those people that speak life to actually serve so that there is a blessing, not a curse on our people. And so you know, righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. You know, like mm -hmm. we, uh, like my friend Mike was saying today, God loves the sinner, but he hates the sin mm -hmm. and the sin's got to stop. And this is a, what you're talking about is evil. This is bad. This is people uh, using, um, you know, I always say, follow the money, right? Follow the money. Right. And, right. um, but you know, what does it profit a person to get the whole world and lose their soul? Right. And so, yeah, we, we, we want to be, uh, we want to be full of grace and we want to forgive when people want forgiveness, but mm -hmm. we have got to be just. And, you know, this is a thing that um, I'm absolutely focused on this and have been talking about this in my own, you know, campaign and stuff is, 
I'm not going there to play. We've got to have justice. These people have got to come to justice. You can't, you just can't do it this way. And, you know, the crumbling cities, the crumbling infrastructure, the crumbling morality is all because of this. And then you have, you know, if we for one second don't think that what Trudeau is doing is what they want to do, then we are completely out of our minds. That is when, exactly what they want. Exactly right. And the report came out this week as well that, that everything Trudeau did, he was on the phone with Biden getting instructions on how to handle that. So it's exactly it was what a, we It was do. a Biden Biden doppelganger because Biden doesn't have enough brains left. To well, do that, brother, the saying. Biden administration through the figurehead, okay, through a go. conversation, whatever it may be. But it's this administration that exactly they're instructing the little dictator up there to do that. And of course, now the parliament has gone back and re and reversed and, and gone away with the emergency powers after they've done what they want. But enough people are getting upset. And the trucker convoy has started, my friend. It started uh, here in the U.S. It's heading towards D.C. for the State of the Union, which is, I think it's exciting. But they're putting up fences again, fences. I was just in D.C. A, a few days ago and I saw the fences going up. And, you know, the other thing they had in D.C., brother, was they had snow plows everywhere. And I found out later because when I was in D.C. on Wednesday, it was 71 degrees and sunny. I'm thinking, why are snow all these plows. snow plows out? They could use a snow plow to block the streets. They're big trucks uh, with big blades yeah. on them. And that's what they were going to do. That's why they pulled these snow plows out was in order to corral the truckers and put the truck, you know, unless you want to ram your, you know, your hundred thousand yeah. dollars, you know, Peterbilt through a, <laughs> you're not going to, in other words. Right. Right. So they, but they're, they're countering, they're, they're learning. Hey, if we position these snow plows around here, they won't be able to get through. If we put these barricades, these fences and things like that. So I think it's the truckers intention to close the beltway brother. Good. And it's, it's the state of the union. You know, they, they did it right. In my opinion, they up in Canada, they didn't, they, they shut down any people that were doing radical stuff that were like red flag or false flags. Um, they kept it peaceful. They danced, they had barbecues, they worked with the community. They didn't destroy anything. They didn't burn any buildings. Um, they were saying, we're standing here for the rights of all people. You know, these vaccine mandates, all the mandates have to go. You know, we want our freedom, you know, and peaceful protest. I, and then you saw, in contrast, brother, you saw Trudeau and the, the leftist parliament, not the conservatives, you know, their actions look really ugly in contrast to the peaceful protest, right? They didn't escalate to the point where they justified their actions. So the whole world were like, oh my gosh, can you believe they did that? The first time ever, the emergency powers and, you know, the seizing bank it was accounts. Very, it was very Gandhi. Yeah, it was right? very Martin Luther yes. Jr. It was very good. See, our side isn't that they're not that way, but I'll tell you, I'd be really afraid to push those Canadians too far because they're some of them guys are badasses, man. They wrestle mooses and stuff. So, well, yeah, I, Mounties and the whole bit. So I have something. Um, I saw this, it's our, our friend, um, his name's Paul. He's a, a tribal policeman, ran for office, Harari, he's a, um, veteran VFW, great guy posted this. He borrowed it from somebody else. So we don't know who the original author was. Um, but I thought the analogy of talking about Ukraine, right? Because um, we know a little about Ukraine, but most of the nation is now going, where's Ukraine at? 
you know, what, what's going on? What's all the, the, is the world coming to an end? We started the show that way. This is how it's written. So it's Ukraine used to be in an abusive relationship with Russia, feeding him, letting him use her car and giving him whatever uh, he asked for until she built up the confidence to call it quits back in 1991. Since then, Ukraine has been working on herself, becoming a strong, independent woman with help from her friends like France, America, Poland, etc., offering her support, loaning her money, and helping her find her way. Ukraine has been enjoying being single for 30 years and looking forward to continuing to grow and create new friendships. Now, Russia, being the toxic ex-boyfriend uh, that is, wants her back and doesn't want her meeting new people or creating any new relationships. A couple of weeks ago, Russia started sitting in front of Ukraine's house, and when her friends asked him what he was doing there, he said, oh, nothing, just getting a little bit of exercise in. That's all. After her friends told her that Russia was potentially getting ready to do something bad to her, he said, they're lying. They just want you to be scared of me, and that's not what it is at all. And then yesterday, Russia broke into Ukraine's house, beating her up and taking advantage of her while on live stream and double-dog daring any of her friends to do something about it. And if they do... They want to smoke. Russia got that thing on them, right? So he's got some leverage on them. I thought that was interesting, right? Using the analogy of a uh, battered woman get out of a relationship and now the ex, ex-boyfriend wants them back and basically gaslighting the world. And it's what Putin's doing. He's playing games. He says, no, they, they're, they left us. They shouldn't have a right to be that way. Can't join the European Union. Can't join NATO um, ever. And we want them back. What do you think? I think that Ukraine's got to stop dating Hunter Biden. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Right. Maybe that's one of those things too. Uh, You know, Ukraine has been, it's, it's corrupt brother. Mm -hmm. They're corrupt. They're not a democracy. No, they're not. They're an oligarchy. Ukraine is a, Ukraine is a, uh, uh, is actually being run by some really bad gangsters. Yes. And, um, and so what Ukraine needs is Jesus. Ukraine needs revival. And um, yeah, I don't think it's cool uh, what Russia's doing. And, um, and I also don't think it's really any of our business as a nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think that we should be taking care of our own border. And mm-hmm. I think we should be running, getting our own energy. And I think we should drop these gas prices down to about two bucks a gallon again. And- and so and I think we need to move on and let those guys work it out. You know, Europe's, you know, Germany's over there. France is over there. Britain's over there. You got the Netherlands. You got, you got Norway, Sweden, and Denmark. You got all these, you got Georgia, you got Hungary, you got Greece. Right. It's their problem. At the same time, you have China flying over Thailand, right? Um, with their jets and so forth. Threatening I their- would say I'd be more worried about that. Me too. Yeah, me it's too. More like Thailand's more like our buddy. They're over. Exactly. This is our lake, right? We actually have a, a, an ally there and a strategic um, benefit for being an ally over there. So, question for you. I heard this earlier. Um, obviously, Donald Trump should be president still. Um, we believe he, he is, besides the election integrity stuff. This didn't happen during his watch. Putin didn't make any moves during his watch because either the Z uh, from China or anybody else, because he had a strong president, a strong economy, and we were energy independent. So your president today, how do you resolve this right now, brother? Uh, your president or Trump's president right now, what would he be doing right now? If we're going to become 
you know, if we're going to buy our energy from other countries that, you know, then we should, we should pay them in Hunter Biden paintings. <laughs> other than that, I think we should just drill our own oil. Yes. Manufacture our own, you know, distillates and petroleum products and mm -hmm. so forth. I think, I think we need to start to onshore all of our manufacturing. We need to onshore all of our strategic materials, all of our drugs, all of our mm -hmm. medications. We need to onshore everything that we need and we need to begin to isolate again a little bit and just like get strong and work out and get in shape so that we can start dating again. There we go. So <laughs> I, a couple of things. Yes. Energy independence makes us stronger. Obviously a strong military, a strong stance. On the manufacturing, stage. all of it. Manufacturing. Right. Yeah. We need to do it here. A hundred percent agree. Governor Abbott out of Texas says that we've already got different oil wells and, and, and processing in place that weren't finished. It would be very short order if you had a leader, you could actually start drilling and say, tell our allies that within a very short period of time, we're going to replace the Russian oil. That's I think they call that shovel ready, bro. Like, well, yeah. If, if, you're shovel term, right? if you're shovel ready, then you can tell Putin to shove it. The bottom line is, 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 is <laughs> we start it. opening up these different pipelines. So currently for our listeners sake, we currently buy 500 million gallons or barrels, I should say, um, from Russia uh, every year. And, and it's, it's, it's just sort of that. Uh, I heard a little bit lower number. It was only 250 billion, but whatever. Anyway, it's a lot. It's too the, much. The numbers came out that we're buying 500, like I said, million. 500. Um, no, it's like, is it million barrels? Million, million. So okay. um, barrels. But on top of that, though, is the amount of barrels of oil that the Keystone pipeline alone would create for, for America was 800 million. So that we shut down what we needed and we're buying and, and supporting the Russian economy by buying their cheap oil. I had a, a oil guy the other day tell me there's some differences between like Middle Eastern oil, Russian oil, obviously an American oil. We want to think ours is better. Apparently, for every barrel of oil made here in America or drilled here in America, it takes, you know, basically after processing, uh, we get about 30 to 40% of it actually into gasoline. You know, Russia's a little bit better, but they, they sell it super cheap to, to waste a market. Apparently the Middle East oil uh, uh, takes about 80 or 90% of it actually gets converted to gas. So it's much, it's a small, it's cheaper process to process their oil than it is our oil. It's sweet. Uh, it's sweet crude, bro. Yeah, apparently it's like they made the example. You can dip it with a spoon and put it in your gas tank almost. That's how, how fast it is. Like, oh, well, okay, fine. But you still are supporting a Middle East that's dangerous, that has nuclear weapons in Iran. You support um, Russia, makes them stronger, or China. It's better to do it here. With, these, with Dakota and the Keystone Pipeline, I know the Keystone was a Canadian oil. We'd rather buy it from them than buy it from Russia. If you ask me, at a, at a better rate and it's local, so you're not shipping across the seas. So energy independence is important for us, brother. I uh, I totally agree, and um and we've got to get uh we've got to get the unemployment thing handled. We got to get people off the dole. We need mm -hmm. to get the we need to stop the out of control spending, and we need to uh, get onshore our manufacturing and bring stuff home and, and give people good jobs, not just crappy, you know, 
Chick-fil-A. I know you like Chick-fil-A, brother. Jobs. I do like Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Um, that's a great job for, you know, college kids, high school kids. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think a family probably be better if they were building, you know, Chevrolets or something for us, right? Yeah. Here, uh-huh. here in America, Ford pickups, man. And all that kind of stuff and um, air conditioning and refrigerators and yep. washing machines I, and, and, I, and computers and all that stuff, build it onshore. And let's, let's, let's just build this. Let's, let's export our stuff, which is good. And then let's start teaching our kids about civics and, and, mm-hmm. and involvement. And, you know, we don't run and hide from our, our bad stuff. Okay. Yeah. We had slavery. Guess what? We fought a war. 300,000 white mm-hmm. Americans died. 600,000. Uh, people died to end slavery. Okay. So we, I think we kind of paid for our sins, right? Mm -hmm. It was a pretty bad thing. And, and then we went, you know, then of course the Democrats wanted Jim Crow and all this other stuff, but um, you know, maybe we could just eradicate the democratic party that might help us to have a better America. We need a new democratic party. That's not so communist, right? There we go. Uh, One that actually uh, looks out for the working man and the work actually comes back to exactly right. America first, the working people, the, the American dream, allowing people here, and I'm going to circle back to something you said earlier, the whole thing, part of the American dream, liberty and justice for all, right? Um, you mentioned justice. We had a, a pastor friend of ours who was a Democrat uh, years ago said that Republicans talk about liberty and freedom a lot, but they, they don't talk about justice enough. And then I remember the old John Wayne thing, right? When the John Wayne uh, had a thing about, why do you say it's, it's Asian American, African American, you're just American, right? This is the melting pot of America, that, that, that when you add something to it, you diminish it, right? And so what we're seeing now is this, they've added social justice to things versus just plain justice. We all want justice to be treated equally, to have, you know, the, the law is, is equally applied to all people, not to different justice systems, you know, and really to not diminish justice, but to demand justice and to actually have justice work in America is really important. You know, prosecuting a crime, having a, a, a jury of your peers, but actually have the process work no matter who you are, a billionaire or someone who's just starting out. Um, and so these things are principles that we really need to come back to. Don't diminish this. Let's stay with justice and liberty for all. And then when we're talking about these economics things, you know, you talked about um, civics in high schools. It'd be a brilliant idea right now to show people, right? look right now, Wages are up because of inflation, but so are the costs of things. So the net result is you can afford less. You have people that don't want to work because they've got enough to stay home. So you have businesses that are desperate. They don't have employees. They can't provide the services. So we depend more on foreign goods that has the, like you said, the the problems of world affairs, getting them in and so forth. If we actually... I had a free market system where people were paid based on their value of they could start off and grow in a business. As a business grows, they get benefits as well. That's You can tie that back together. Conservative values, working hard, taking risk to be rewarded you know, in this nation and not demonize, and tie together inflation and cost of things. So you want uh, uh, job wages to go up? You need to add value to go up. Are you adding more value to the company? Are you adding more value to your, with your skill set? Uh, and then you're worth more. You can demand more in the market. Huh? Yeah. Cool. And it, I mean, it's, um, and that's, that's really the capitalist system, the capitalistic or the, 
you know, the free market system is that, you know, you do a good job and you provide excellent service and people reward you by giving you their money willfully, mm-hmm. you know, willingly. And that's where the, the crony capitalism and the government funded stuff, the industrial military complex, the industrial homeless complex were, were basically bad behaviors rewarded. And with all this, this money. So we've got a government that's, that's probably at least 50% too big. Mm -hmm. I think we need to cut it by about 50%. And, you know, we've talked about that before where, you know, you have actually literally have bureaucracies working against each other. Mm -hmm. And, and so if you just eliminated both of those, then you, you, you would, you'd be, you still have a net, some, some gear zero game. Right. But you would, you would save all that money. And what was uh, Trump saying, right? Any new regulation. Yeah. yeah. Well, and she had to cancel three or five regulations, right? The same thing. I'm not going to hire for jobs that aren't needed. Um, every administration typically appoints jobs, whether they need it or not, just because. And their prime example in Washington state, it happens in every state and it happens in the federal government. We just know because we live here, what happens? We have state agencies and for whatever reason they were created, like LNI, DSHS and so forth across the board, um, they have a budget that basically gets approved and increased every you know year for cost of living or whatever. And there's nothing, there's no budgetary thing tied to it. Just we get more money. So we have to have employees. They have to justify themselves. So they these state agencies take taxpayer dollars, which are paid for out of the budget. They spend some of it to hire lobbyists, you know, on taxpayer dollars who lobby our legislators who are paid for by taxpayer dollars to give them more money the next time. It doesn't make so. Where is the and metric? then the shocking thing? Yeah, is go ahead. how L and I was weaponized yes. against us, and then you how, use how OSHA yeah. weaponized against us, and so this uh, non-law rulemaking capability able to to bring us under their heel, under their boot. Yes. Um. Yeah. This is this is not. This is not the way it's supposed to be. And, and again, I want to come back to our listeners. Mm-hmm. You may want to consider running for office. Mm-hmm. You may want to consider getting involved in campaigns. You know, it, it's like um, the lady said at, at Roanoke this year, she's like, she was disappointed because she's like, oh yeah, it's going to be a red way, but who cares? Because when they got in last time, Trump had the Congress, everything, and they did nothing. They did yep. not do. Now, Trump did a lot. With, you yeah. know, like you said, the rulemaking stuff and different things, but the Congress did not repeal and replace Obamacare. Okay. Which right. they had been promising to do for 15 years. And um, so we've got a, um, we've got to have normal people that think right. And, um, you know, and get involved and, and let's make a difference in 2022. Let's make 2022 happen and not just sit on our, you know, backside and, and wait for somebody else to do it. It's up to us. Mm-hmm. We have to fight as a people. We have to do this. All of us have to do our duty. All of us have to do our part. And your part, you may not know what your part is, but just get involved and we'll figure it out. Let's just all, you know, many hands make light work, right? And so mm-hmm. we all get involved. We all do this. And we make Washington a wonderful place to live. I mean, I love Washington State. It Washington State's gorgeous. I don't want to give this to them. My wife's nope. like, we should move away. I'm like, no, this is worth fighting for. 
And besides that, if we move away, they're just going to follow us and it's, we're going to be up against it again. So why not take the battle here? They used to have that song, you know, in World War One, over there, over there. We fought over there to keep it from coming over here. Right. right. And right. so we, we're over there. We're on the left coast. We're over here in the, in the, in the thick of the battle so that it doesn't get to Montana and Idaho and South Dakota and Florida and everybody else. Right. We're mm -hmm. fighting it and we're pushing back. I, do you mind if I change the subject? I saw an interesting, <laughs> yes. I saw an interesting documentary. I only saw the first one and it was called the rise of the Nazis. It was put out by BBC and they tried to make it sort of an anti-Trump thing initially by the guy saying, Oh, you know, Adolf Hitler came in like make Germany great again. And let's get the economy back on track. They, they literally said that. And wow. I thought, oh, okay, that's a slam against Trump. Right. But then when they went in and they actually did the dial down about the Nazis coming to power, what it was, it was a political expediency thing. They had this certain general Schleicher or whatever. And he saw, Oh, Hey, the Nazis were picking up seats in the, in the German parliament. Hey, I, you know, I'll get this little dude. And they, they all thought Hitler was this dumb little dude. And then uh, uh, what's his name? The president um, Hindenburg. He thought, Oh, that, 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 do nothing corporal from Austria. Right. They, 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 they put him down. They, they underestimated him. Right. Right. And, uh, and so they were picking up seats and all this kind of stuff. And there was a Jewish lawyer that knew what was up with Hitler and knew what was up with, they called them the stormtroopers. So we call them today, we call them brown shirts, but back then they called them the stormtroopers and they were the Nazis and they would go beat up and kill people and hurt people and blackmail people and stuff like that. And they were trying to like, you know, distance themselves. Hitler was like, Oh yeah, that's not me. That's those guys. They're out there. They're kind of rogue or whatever. Right. Sound familiar. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. So this guy, this Jewish lawyer guy, super smart. And he starts to go after them and get them and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and at first he's having some great success and he's, he gets Hitler to go off on the stand and just like, almost like totally incriminate himself and go into the total Hitler thing that he did, you know, they, you know, and, um, and so huge victory, right. <clears throat> Talking like 1932, 33. Then a shift happens, brother, a shift happens. The prosecutors stop prosecuting. Huh. The judges start throwing stuff out. Uh-huh. And uh -huh. that that paves a way to bring in Hitler as the chancellor and later as the, the, the Fuhrer. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, they have the gall to compare Trump to that dude when Trump's trying to like stop all this stuff. Right. And then they, and when you go in and you look at the data, the data is a George Soros who was a Nazi sympathizer. You know that, right? Soros yep. was a, Soros yep. was a, like a 14 year old kid that helped find other Jews because he's Jewish and put him in concentration camps. Soros was a Nazi sympathizer and Soros is funding these prosecutors coming in. Thank God Seattle woke up and got rid of theirs and got Ann Davis in there, right? But they're mm -hmm. all over the country. And so if we want to stop what we're doing, we've got to get those prosecution jobs back. We've got to yep. get people, we've got to get attorneys to run for judge that know Jesus and that, that are willing to take the pay cut and yep. are willing to do what needs to be done. You know, I've been saying this for 10 years, brother, running for office is like jury duty. We need, we need lawyers to go be judges for a while mm -hmm. and serve us and give right decisions and justice. 
We need to get rid of the, the badge heavy bad cops and get cops that want to serve their communities. And we stop allowing the brown shirts and the BLMs and the Antifas to be this, oh, oh, they're, they're over there, right? So Antifa mm-hmm. and BLM can do whatever. They can burn a Target down and, and, a, and a Wendy's and whatever, AutoZone. They can beat people up, shoot people mm-hmm. and all that. And, and they get out and they let them go because prosecutors don't prosecute. Judges let them off. They pay bail. And we get people that wandered into the Capitol on Ju- January 6th and they're still in solitary confinement. So what we're talking about here, yeah, 100%. Um, when you have Justin Trudeau in Canada kneeling with the Black Lives Matter, uh, but at the same time doing emergency powers to arrest and, t- and seize the bank accounts of truckers, uh, they know they have a political agenda. When you see in Portland where they had ongoing protests for over six months, you know, and they go, well, how can these uh, BLM, uh, Antifa survive? Well, the city, the leftist mayor, Wheeler, put up a camp with porta potties and food and all kinds of stuff because they were encouraging and supporting this behavior. Uh, it's a Doug's point. This, this is biggest party going. in town, man. Yep. If yeah. you know, you're a teenager, whatever you got all the drugs you want, all the alcohol and at night you get to go have a big fire and it's called the federal building, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whatever. And then, and in Seattle, we, we had them close it was like six weeks, right? Chap chop. Mm-hmm. Charles, yep. Chaz, Charles, and, and it, it comes down when when they know that there's no consequences, that they actually have those in political power actually support their efforts, even though they say, oh, no, no, this is a peaceful, mostly peaceful protest. And we know that is an absolute lie, but they want it to happen for their political agenda. And so you have this, this violence that erupts. You have record numbers in Seattle where if it's less than $200, it wouldn't prosecute. That came on the heels of just throwing things out where people rested. 20, 30, 40, 70 times, like on uh, Eric uh, and, Como's. And let me, yeah. let me wrap up what I, so the, the program I watch is called rise of the Nazis. It's fairly recent on BBC television. You have to like be a subscriber to get it or whatever. I was thinking, Hey, I'll do the seven day free trial just so I can finish watching. I watched it on the airplane when I was flying to Washington, DC and what they actually, they're like, how did the people go along with this thing? Mm-hmm. Marty, they were coerced. They yep. were they were afraid to be canceled, beat up. They had the 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 crystal night, which is where they broke all the windows. They had the lot night of the long knives where they murdered all the people. These things, these they did it by terror. They did it by fear. You know, Jay Inslee last week said we could stop wearing masks outside, which I I find laughable, right? But mm-hmm. I'm driving home from the airport today and I'm seeing kids walking around on the streets with masks on. So mm-hmm. they've been indoctrinated and they've not taken them things off. So these teenagers, young kids walk around with it, you know, and it's, but it was midwinter break this week. So there's not even any school. There's no teacher going to beat you up, but you're outside in a, in a sunny mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know, they're wearing fear. masks. Yeah. So this is, this is, this is serious and it's right now. And I, um, what Martin Luther King called the incredible uh, urgency of now. This is now. We cannot put this off till November. We can't put this off till filing week. We can't put this off till the primary. We have to stand up now. We have to give money now. We have to announce now. And we have to go and we have to begin to be brave. And we have to be strong. And we can and we have to be right. And we have to be in the right. And we have to say what we're seeing. And they're like, 
you know, well, they're going to cancel me and I'm going to blah, blah, blah. Guess what? It doesn't stop there. The next thing they do is they take everything you have and they mm-hmm. kill you. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what their end game is. Why, why do we have illusions about that? That is the end game. That's what mm-hmm. the one dude said. By 2030, you'll have nothing and you'll be happy. That's what mm-hmm. he said. Well, his definition of happy is I'll have everything. You'll have nothing and you'll be ha- and you'll like it. It's like you're it's animal farm, shut up and right? blah, blah, blah. And you'll yeah, like yeah. it. Yeah. And, well, and, and if you don't, and if you do, you know, so this is, this is now that time when we have to say, when the government fears the people, there's freedom. When the mm-hmm. people fear their government, there's tyranny. Right. And so we have to begin to not fear and we have to bind together. There's going to be a huge rally coming up on March 5th, Saturday, March 5th at in Olympia called grit. I think every grassroots organization I've ever heard of and a bunch I haven't of are all going to be down there. We're expecting 10,000, 15,000, who knows how many thousands of people in Olympia on March 5th. And uh, you'll be there. I'll be there. Mm-hmm. Lots of us are going to be there. And this is a, this is like a first step, but this is a great place to go meet more people and be part of more people. Now they'll probably want to put up fences again. They'll probably want to bring in the national guard again, but we cannot be intimidated. We cannot stop. We have to keep going. This is one of the big, the first big rallies in probably in a couple of years that I haven't spoke at, but I can't wait to go, but I'm excited to see fellow Patriots, fellow citizens come from all over the state express their opinion, right? And express their protest and say that now's the time. Understanding that we're kicking off and that the campaign season has already begun. We know Tiffany Smiley, we know congressional races like yours, uh, all down ticket. Every race is important. Every candidate out, the vote for you is a vote for people below you as far as the 47th, the 30th and so forth down there. So and up turn to, out. to Tiffany and wherever, yep. right? Yeah. And it, it, this is a, this is a big deal. I, I really, you know, we had Matt on a, a couple of weeks ago and I think this, this March 5th thing is going to be great. Mm-hmm. just want to encourage people to, to find, you know, look it up. It's grit G R I T it's uh, March 5th. It's at noon at, in Olympia, right on this Capitol steps. If you've never been to Olympia, go, it's your capital. You own it. It's your place. That's your house. This is your government. This is your state. It's time to stand up and say, this is my state. I'm not taking this anymore. This is my, this is my children. This is and my come neighborhood. come say hi to me and Doug. We'll be there. Yeah. I'll probably say be wearing my American flag shirt. Who knows? Because we love you. And you, <laughs> That's right. Trust, you know, I, I so appreciate it when people go to DougAndMarty.com and they, they reach out to us, communicate with us. That The one guy said a couple of weeks ago, you got to stop saying brother so much. You said brother nine times in 10 minutes. <laughs> I was like, okay, I hear you. Brother, brother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you notice we haven't said it as much this show? So we we hear your feedback, okay? And um, it's it's time. And yes, you can. And there are no there are no um, defective people. There's no accidental people. Everybody is on this planet for a purpose. God yeah. has created you to do a job on this planet. I honestly believe that if you don't do your job, it isn't going to get done because you're the one that's qualified to do it. You're mm-hmm. the one that can do this thing and, and, and you want to do it and it's, it's enjoyable. It's fun. I, I think of, you know, I was telling uh, Jared Sessler at, at Roanoke. I said, you need to go up there and ask Dan Newhouse why he voted to impeach president Trump. 
because Dan Newhouse was being all this hawk staying and all this stuff was going on. And, and Jared was a little scared, but he did it. He went up there and he asked a question and I, and the place broke into applause, which I knew it would, because everybody was thinking, why is Dan Newhouse up there? The guy that voted, him, you know, we're having this big right. Republican calm. Right. So, and Jared come back. I asked him a question. I, I said, Jared, how do you feel? He goes, that is the right question. I feel great. I feel like I did something. It was scary for him. It was right. hard for him, but he did it. And, and that's what I, you know, the things that come along, you want to, it's like, yep, there's a, that, there's that little bit of uh, little scariness. It's like, you know, when I, when I'm riding my dirt bike and I come up to that big mountain, I got to climb that hill. It's like, that's a little scary. But when you get to the top, you're like, I just did that. That's I did that. awesome. Exactly right. Yeah. Awesome, brother. Well, be sure to go to DougAndMarty.com. You can hear past episodes. You can contact us. What the heck? You can see what we look like, which is weird because it's radio. <laughs> and don't forget, you can tell your smart device, hey, Alexa, play Doug and Marty versus the world, and she'll do it. That's amazing. Technology. That's amazing to me. That's right. Well, and I hope you is, have a great weekend. You too, brother. Uh, this is Marty McClendon. And Doug Bassler. Doug and Marty versus the world. See you next time. Bye-bye. Oh,